Hello and welcome to this podcast brought to you by Argus Media, a leading independence provider of energy and commodity price and information. In this episode of Metal Movers, we will outline and discuss the importance of lithium in net zero transition and how does the world access more lithium to meet its future demand. Lithium is the lightest metal and a highly reactive one. Because of its chemical properties, it is widely used in the glass, ceramic, alloying and many other industries. But the fastest growing and the largest market for lithium is for users in batteries. My name is Chi Hin Ling, Asia Editor for Non-Ferrous Metals, and I'm joined by Adam Schaff, Founding Chairman of the International Lithium Association. Hello and welcome, Adam. Hi, Chi. Thank you very much for inviting us, and it's a pleasure being here to talk about the International Lithium Association and all things related to lithium. And can I also thank uh, Argus for giving us this opportunity? No problem. Thank you very much. Um, to kick off, could you please tell us more about uh, the International Lithium Association? Uh, let's do a bit of brief history about how this happened. I have about two, more than two decades of experience in lithium, and I saw about the growth of lithium in the last two decades and the criticality of it, but there was no association. And at the same time, Roland from uh, my co-founder and uh, who is the Secretary General today, he was also thinking about it because he's an association man with one and a half to two decades of experience in association. So I think it was just a matter of timing that both of us got together. And we thought that this is the time now to form that because in the past, there were very few players, but as the industry grew, from three or four players to eight to 10 players. So it was time that there would be an industry uh, representing the lithium industry. And that's how we got together. And in 2021, we established the association uh, with the blessings of the major producers because we did uh, talk to them and they were all very excited about it. And they all came together as the founding core members. So we have Albemar, Alchem, AMG Brazil, Gunfeng Lithium, Pilbara Minerals, SQM, and Tianchi as the founding core members today. So they represent more than 85% of the global lithium mine output today. And we are hoping that uh, by end of this year, we'll be 100% core members will be uh, all the lithium producers in it. So we're just uh, discussing with the rest and we'll hopefully they will be there. Now, Ilya has a very strong strategic vision and a place where entire lithium value chain can be heard. And that is why the, we have the association as a tiered model of core members as the producers and the rest, the associate members are downstream players. They could be cathode makers, the junior explorers, battery makers, OEMs, and all who are involved in building the lithium value chain consultants, suppliers of equipment, all the, everyone that's there to help build bridges, share knowledge and increase transparency across the supply chain. So it is important and, and lithium is of critical importance to the world today because of its role in the energy transition. Now, rechargeable lithium batteries are a key enabling technology to achieve government mandated goals of net zero in line with the Paris Agreement. I think we are all familiar with that. And because of lithium's importance, the industry faces scrutiny from civil society, regulators, OEMs on ESG-related issues. This scrutiny, I mean, intense industry growth highlighted the need for an efficient and effective association to become the global voice of the industry. Now, our vision is built on three columns, which underpin everything we do. 
One is to represent the interests of the lithium industry. Second is to promote environmental, social, and governance ESG implementation. And third, to become the global authority on lithium. So ILIA, the International Lithium Association, is run by and for its members. And we are very fortunate to have an involved and highly supportive executive committee, which is formed of this lithium producers, helping us make our mission a reality. And we are seeing a thirst for lithium knowledge. Our monthly newsletter, which has developed a loyal and growing following, is the channel to distribute our new magazine. Pleased to say that Lithium Voice is that vehicle, and we receive daily inquiries for information about lithium, and we are keen to increase access to lithium knowledge and resources for everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Anand. Thank you. And you, you, you touched on that lithium play a major role in net zero transition. I mean, for our listeners that who are not too familiar with this um, idea, the United Nations actually classify climate change as a global emergency that goes beyond national borders. And it is an issue that requires coordinated solutions at all levels. And one of the solutions is the transition to net zero. So how important is lithium in net zero and what does it play? You know, what role does it play in the net zero transition? Great question. Now, lithium is central to the transition to net zero. Today, about more than 85% of the lithium produced is used for batteries for electric vehicles and energy storage solutions. And governments across the world are investing heavily in electrification with the objective of slowing climate change and reducing pollution. That's the main target, isn't it, for net zero? Regulatory landscapes reflect this shift with moves to fast-tracking mining permits and incentives for drivers and homeowners to make the transition to electrification. We are witnessing a revolution in energy and transport. And lithium is the key enabler of this change through lithium batteries. And its importance will grow in the coming decades. We call this as the lithium century. Thank you. Thank you. So, so we need a lot of lithium. And um, according to, to Argus in-house analytics, the world will require more than 250,000 tonnes of lithium by 2025, over 500,000 tonnes by 2030 and close to 700,000 tonnes by 2033, which is equivalent to around 3.7 million tonnes of lithium carbonate equivalent. That is a lot more than what the world produced now. I think global production was just under 1 million tonnes in the past year. So how does the world access this amount of lithium that it needs? Oh, I mean, there is plenty of lithium. In fact, uh, it is estimated that 30, uh, it is 33rd most abundant resource on Earth's crust with an estimated 98 million tons in existence. Now, extraction methods vary depending on the type of lithium resource and, is, and as is the case, across the extractive industry, bringing on new project uh, requires legislative and regulatory uh, stability so that the necessary funding can be secured. Uh, we are currently seeing many new projects already in the development stages in hard rock, brines, clays, and other types of resources. And many new ones will soon follow. Another most important thing is uh, to understand here is the lithium-ion batteries can be reused and repurposed for other applications after they reach end of life in the e-mobility segment. They can be used for many more years before they need to be recycled. Unlike fossil fuels, battery materials will reduce our reliance on natural resources through recycling. So it's a matter of time. The whole industry grows. Good, good. So given how important it is in net zero and, and the push from the UN and 
and global governments and other factors like soaring demand, etc. How do you think this this trend will impact investment into lithium mining and refining? Well, the demand for lithium is resulting in new mines coming into production, isn't it? You can see more, uh, much more coming online. On an average, a new mine takes a ten years to come on stream. Maybe if it's a hard rock, maybe a bit sooner. Uh, brines a bit slower, but the new technology, new uh, resources will take under uh, development stages will take uh, similar time. And refining capacity can be brought on quicker if the relevant expertise can be secured. I mean, you already see uh, Western Australia uh, in the last five or seven years investments into refining technologies, establishing three big uh, refineries uh, by our core members. So it's all going to uh, happen. And it'll take its own time. Thank you. But on the other hand, that we are seeing interest rates rising and money supply is tightening in many countries, which often means that the cost or the risk to develop new mines and new refiners are rising. Do you foresee that this would have any impact on on the money or investment available to access new lithium units, or outside of investment, what the industry or the world could do to increase lithium outputs? Just as we said earlier. The great advantage of electric vehicles over traditional、uh, petrol and diesel vehicles is that the elements in the battery can be recycled indefinitely. As the electric vehicle industry matures, it will increasingly become a circular supply chain, not a linear one, like past economic models.、Uh, huge progress has been made in recycling lithium and other battery metals. Our recovery rates of over 90% are already being achieved and can likely be improved. When the first generation of EVs reaches end of life, there will be a sizable pool of batteries available for reuse and recycling. And then there are improvements and breakthroughs in the mining and processing technologies that increase the efficiencies and recoveries of the processes that help with increased outputs. Also, the developments in battery technology, like higher energy density cells, will ultimately result in lower unit values of battery materials per kilowatt hour of energy. All these developments will gradually make the lithium supply chain more efficient, and you can already see that the governments pushing for establishing recycling, establishing all this development, and supporting technologies、uh, that are new and helping increase the efficiencies of lithium recoveries. So all this will add up, and we are at the very nascent stage of the industry's growth. So all this is already in the pipeline. And as it grows, we will see those giving results in the ten years' time, in a decade. Thank you. So, so we can really expect a lot of more new mines or new projects to come online in the coming decade, which is obviously good to to tackle the needs of a huge demand for for lithium. But I guess it is equally important that、um, these mines and products are mined and sourced. Responsibly and、uh, sustainably, as we all know that large demand and the potential profit is typically the incentive for unethical or illegal mining. So, how does the industry or EDA is making sure that lithium is sourced in a responsible and a sustainable way? I think that was one of the important and very strong pillar of Ilya's vision was sustainable and responsible, or is rather a sustainable and responsible supply of lithium and the whole、uh, value chain. Now, it, lithium is highly regulated and responsible industry today. Actually, the leading producers are publicly listed companies operating industrial mining operations, mostly in OECD member states. 
It is critical to maintain sustainable and responsible production in the face of intense market growth and increased production. And this was one of the main drivers, as I said, before behind the creation of ILIA. And it is why we welcome the junior mining companies and new producers to the association. So they benefit from sharing of best practices at the planning and exploratory stages. The lithium value chain has the advantage that it is developing in the 21st century and it can adapt best practices to deliver sustainable and responsible produced lithium. For example, ILIA's uh, Sustainable Lithium Subcommittee has started work on the development of product environmental footprint category rules. That is, <laughs> the short form is PEFCR for lithium life cycle assessments. That again, it's LCAs. The work of this group is very important for the entire lithium industry as independent LCA guidance will, see, will serve as a benchmarking tool by which lithium producers can measure their ESG credentials. To assist in this process, ILIA has joined a working group at the International Council on Mining and Metals, ICMM, which helps to coordinate LCA-related work between many of the largest metals industry associations. So I think they should... Uh, Groundwork, the foundations are being established to ensure that uh, the whole lithium value supply chain is responsible for it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Anand. And, and the final question before, before we wrap it up, with lithium now recognised by many countries as a critical material, and there's a rise in trade protectionism, how did ELIA helps its members and, and the industry to overcome barriers to trade, which may have opened up as a result of countries realizing how critical lithium is. Now, let me just uh, clarify. ILIA is a not-for-profit association, industry association run by its members or its members and uh, is a non-political organization that encourages a competitive and appropriate legislative and regulatory environment for the full lithium supply chain. We work to preempt and mitigate the consequences of poor regulations or barriers to trade. The EU is considering classifying lithium salts as a toxic material. You would be surprised to hear that. And ILIA accepts the need for hazardous substances to be appropriately regulated, but believes that substance classification must be based on clear, compelling, and comprehensive scientific evidence. ILIA's new health and safety subcommittee is developing an industry risk management option analysis, what we call as RMOA, another one for you, for lithium chloride, carbonate, hydroxide, and metal. The industry RMA will help inform the French chemical regulators, ANSYS, A-N-S-E-S, which is developing a regulatory RMA in parallel to the industry RMOA. The industry RMOA will be independent and run parallel to the regulatory RMOA. The voluntary work of the industry RMA is open to both ILIA members and non-members. Also, ILIA is an official observer of the International Standards Organization a Technical Committee for Lithium, known as ISOTC 333 uh, Committee. This appointment enables ILIA to represent the global lithium industry in the development of standards that underpin an open and transparent global market for high-quality and sustainable produced lithium. Thank you very much, Anand. Much appreciate your time and your sharing. And to our listeners, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please tune in to other episodes to learn more about the metals market. For more information about lithium and the wider global metals markets, please visit argusmedia.com. Thank you and goodbye for now.